Kuznetsov denies report. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. at It's at LockedOnCaps. And I would love to talk Caps hockey with you one-on-one. Come join me on Subtext. There's more information about that in the show notes. On this edition of Locked On Capitals, Evgeny Kuznetsov denies reports that he wants out of D.C. Is that true? Or does it seem like some of the Caps... PR guys got a hold of him. We'll talk about that in the show. Then we'll talk about, it's not too surprising, people are already mentioning who they think would be the next head coach of the Capitals. I mean, it seems like a a conclusion, foregone conclusion, that this is probably going to be Peter Laviolette's last season in D.C., It's not really my thought that it's the right thing to do, but it just seems like that thought is gaining momentum. We'll talk about that in the show. And then we will also talk about the future of Anthony Mantha and is Rasmus Sandin living up to potential. But just to get it going here, in yesterday's show, I talked about how there was a report from Russian media saying that Evgeny Kuznetsov wanted out of the Capitals. And there was all kinds of things saying, you know, he was, wasn't was happy where he's playing. He thinks he deserves a bigger role on this team and that he wants out. But uh, he was quick to point out today uh, that uh, Kuznetsov on his report, uh, his reported trade request, you know how it is. It's just people trying to get the likes on Instagram or Twitter or whatever I spoke to those people and was like, where did this come from? At this point, there is nothing to even talk about. And of course he would say that because, I mean, that wouldn't be a good thing to have out in the locker room, uh, it seems to me. And it would also hurt his long-term plans if, in fact, he did want out of Washington to have that kind of information divulged. For me, it seems like maybe a bit more of a, a personal conversation or maybe a conversation that was... Uh, had in what was perceived confidence that was leaked. Um, But ultimately, it's not too surprising. And there's um, some prominent people that have their thoughts on uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov's future in Washington, most notably Elliot Friedman and Tarek El-Bashir and what their thoughts are on it. And just to see what Tarek said, he said, on Saturday evening, a report out of Russian suggested Kuznetsov has asked for a trade Talk about timing. The brief blog post for Match TV began circulating just uh, hours before the Caps' biggest game of the season. I've covered this team since Ovechkin's rookie year and thus have some experience in these matters. Some of these reports turn out to be accurate. Some don't and some fall in between. This one, not sure yet. The Caps had a scheduled day off on Sunday and the team was mum on the subject, but it's out there now. 
And you can be sure Kuznetsov will be asked about it during his next media availability, which should come after Monday's practice, which I'm hearing will be tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see, hear what we find out. Whatever he says, it won't be the first time he'll face the question about reported friction between himself and the team. In 2021, the Athletics peer LeBron reported the team would listen to trade offers for Kuznetsov that the, in this offseason. Nothing came of it, of course, and he enjoyed a bounce back 78 point. 21-22 campaign. So it seems like the truth lies somewhere in the middle, right, uh, about Kuznetsov and what his future is. It is kind of my belief that he is seeing what direction this team is going in and how it's maybe not poised for really great things in the next couple of years. And I think that ultimately he's not satisfied on where he's fitting in on this team. In 73 games this season, Kuznetsov has 12 goals, seven, seventh on the caps and 53 points, third. His minus is minus 19 rating is the worst on the team. It's too soon to get a feel for where these things will go from here, but we can assume this much. If McClellan is indeed open to entertaining offers, the issues he'll encounter this summer will be familiar ones, which is to say getting fair value for 7.8 mil uh, for a player who turns 31 in May and is coming off a meh year isn't easy, and Kuznetsov, armed with a 10-team no-trade list, has some say in his future. Do I think there would be people vying and teams vying for his services? Of course. Um, and that was my belief in what I talked about in yesterday's, yesterday's show, that if he ultimately wants out of Washington, then I would say let's honor his request and move him along. The last thing you want at this point is a guy that's on this team that doesn't want to be here and that's not contributing. He's a very hot and cold player. Last year, he played rather well. This year, meh, to quote Tarek Al-Bashir. So uh, that is the hot and cold nature of who he is. And Elliot Friedman talked about it as much. Monday Hockey Insider Elliot Friedman discussed the news with Jeff Merrick on Sportsnet's 32 Thoughts podcast, Friedman essentially called the report the final piece of the puzzle, which would explain why Per Elliott insiders kind of heard Kuznetsov's name out there in trade talks. He says in the 32 Thoughts podcast, the interesting thing for me in Washington is Kuznetsov. It's obvious now the Caps are reshaping their team. And I'll give credit to the blog Russian Machine Never Breaks because they found the article out of Russian media that Kuznetsov had asked for a trade a couple of years ago. And suddenly a lot of things started to make more sense. For the last couple of years, we kind of heard Kuznetsov's names out there. We talked before about his relationship between him and the team and it has been strained. I think they've been disappointed with him for some time. Ovechkin was the Conn Smythe winner in 2018, but Kuznetsov was a major reason they won the Stanley Cup. He gave them an element that they always dreamed of when they drafted him, but they would have a killer one-two punch Backstrom Kuznetsov, and people would not be able to handle it. And that's exactly what happened at that playoffs. He got a big contract after that. He deserved every penny at the time. And if he continued to play the way that he played, none of this would be an issue, but he really hasn't been the same player since. I think they have felt, uh, and they've had that same attitude. Kuznetsov has always been a really honest, free thinker. I enjoy talking to him. He's very blunt, but I think... Uh, they feel he's not committed, uh, a committed player, and he feels obviously he's not being supported by the organization. And that's a tough position, you know, and these NHL players and players in general, they play with pride. They want a big role on the team, and I think that 
Uh, he believes that his ceiling is much higher than the Capitals organization feels it is. If we could get Evgeny Kuznetsov from last year and have him this year, again, that conversation wouldn't be happening. He would have a defined role on this team. But it is, you know, like what they say about show business. It's show business. It's not show happy. The same thing goes with hockey, professional sports. Is It's what have you done for me lately. You cannot live on former glory. You can't say, well, I was a really great hockey player last year. Um, and, you know, that's going to parlay to this year. And, you know, I'm a good player this year. When the stats don't back that up, that he's the same player that he was last year. And he struggled. And I think that, you know, there is um, some frustration between him and Peter Laviolette and the role that he's taking on this team. But let's face it, this team has struggled and they are trying to find an identity. They've tried to do that this entire season is because they knew they were missing Baxter and Wilson for a lion's share of the season. They were looking to gain traction and this would have been an optimal opportunity for Evgeny Kuznetsov to kind of, you know, steal his job and solidify his spot on this team in a great role, but he didn't do that. He has struggled this year, and subsequently that as what this is why he has seen a diminished role on this team. It should not come as any surprise. I believe, you know, if you asked Evgeny about it, he would say, well, my numbers don't show they're as great because I haven't had as much playing time or I haven't had as optimal, you know, um, slottings in as far as the lines are concerned. You know, maybe if you put me on the top, maybe if you put me on the second line, I would be playing that much better. But I don't think the stats really back that up. And I think he's struggling. And I think that he is trying to kind of lash out uh, with his frustration on this team. I think that Evgeny Kuznetsov believes he is a great, great player uh, that can achieve anything he wants to on a year-in, year-out basis. The stats don't back that up. And there's a lot of hot and cold players on this team. We'll talk about another one a little bit later in Anthony Mantha. We need consistent players, game in, game out, season in, season out. That's the way it's got to be because as we see the result of this year, um, I know that they faced a myriad of injuries, but a lot of teams have. And this will be the first year in quite some time that the Capitals will miss the playoffs. As it stands right now, the Caps will most likely not make it in the playoffs, and it's due to inconsistent play and injury. I'm not trying to diminish that fact, but they need more from Kuznetsov. And I know that you know a lot of people came to me on Twitter and they said, see, he denied those reports. Well, of course they did. He's not going to own that. Um, and I guess we'll find out tomorrow there's supposed to be a different um, uh, Capitals beat reporters reporting on this. But of course he's not going to say, yeah, I want out of this team. It's just not the way those kind of things work. work. Sometimes they make bold statements and then they walk them back because, you know, some of the PRs of the teams that they work for, in this case, the Capitals are like, hey, how about you just keep your mouth shut here a little bit? And I think that ultimately that is the case. We all know that the Capitals have struggled this year. And a lot of people are blaming Coach Peter Laviolette about it. But is he ultimately to blame? And who would be the best candidate to be the next head coach of this Caps team? We'll talk about it after the break. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel. <coughs> excuse me. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your no sweat first bet. 
Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You'll have to excuse me, I'm getting over a cold here, but the Capitals and Peter Laviolette, what do they do? There's a lot of questions uh, surrounding this team and which direction they should go in the head coaching position. It is my belief that Peter Laviolette has done what he can do for this team uh, just based on the injuries that are on this team that uh, he hasn't been, you know, given all the tools uh, at his disposable to put a good team out on the ice. So is Peter Laviolette to blame? And if he is to be replaced, who replaces him? Two first-round exits and an expected playoff miss doesn't scream hurry up and re-sign the head coach. But making the decision to move on is not simply an easy thing to do, especially when evaluating the season. Why Washington was one of the most banged up teams in all the league. It wasn't just how many players got hurt. It was about the name on the back of the jersey too, according to mangameslaws.com. The Caps lost the third most man games and were fourth highest in the website's cumulative minutes lost to injury statistic. The only teams with a higher total in the latter category were Montreal, Columbus, and Philadelphia. All were bottom seven teams, writes The Athletic. And... You know, it's one of the things that, you know, I talked about is that Peter Laviolette has a pedigree of doing great things. He is the winningest U.S. born coach. Those guys don't grow on trees, right? So to just say that we should just go and replace him is a bit short-sighted. Again, I think that, you know, if Wilson was in there all year, if Backstrom was in there all year, if Oshi wasn't in and out, if, you know, Protus was playing as well he did in, as in the preseason, if Mantha, you know, was playing on top of his game instead of being kind of, you know, an in and out healthy scratch guy, I think things would have been a lot different. Um, but, you know, the thing of it is, is the Caps are going to miss the playoffs for the first time in quite some time. So uh, despite, you know, my thoughts you know, that they should keep Peter Laviolette around. It seems that, you know, more and more people are talking about the next head coach and who would the next great head coach be. And there's some intriguing names out there to be sure. Spencer Carberry is believed to be on the cap shortlist if they make a head coaching change. Um, after two first-round exits and missing the postseason entirely in 2023, Peter Laviolette's three-year deal that he signed in 2020 is expiring. The Caps could extend his deal at some point this offseason, but they also cannot hide from the team's results during his tenure. On Monday morning, ESPN's Emily Kaplan released a list of up-and-coming NHL coaches and GM manager candidates. The list was curated with the help of a 24-person poll. Those people came in and around the NHL, which included agents, front office executives, and league officials. One of the potential future head coaches was listed with a specific mention of the Caps, possibly upcoming vacancy former Hershey bench boss Spencer Carberry. 
Um, and one of the things that Kaplan said about it is, is the 41-year-old is on the busiest names on the coaching circuit, and that's even before he landed in Toronto, center of hockey, center media. A few respondents said to monitor Carberry as an option for the Caps should they make a change. Carberry is thought highly of in the Caps organization after three years leading its top minor league affiliate, the Bears. He has been a quick riser from winning the ECHL Coach of the Year in 2014 and AHL Coach of the Year 2021. Washington wanted to keep him, but Carberry took an assistant job with the Maple Leafs in 2021. Since Carberry took over running the power play, Toronto has the league's second best man-up unit behind Edmonton. Would he be a good candidate? On paper, it sounds like he would be. Is he going to be better than Peter Laviolette? I guess it remains to be seen. It's really a hard thing to say, um, you know, where how these players are going to fit in and how they're going to fare uh, in the long term. Uh, just taking a look at different options out there. So who else is a name that uh, draws interest is Scott Allen, the Caps assistant coach, writes Nova Caps. Scott Allen was has also climbed through the ranks of the Caps organization. Allen joined Washington after spending the previous three seasons with the Bears. He served as an assistant coach for two seasons before being named Hershey's head coach ahead of the 21-22 season. Under Allen, Hershey finished with a 34-32-6-4 record, clinching a Calder Cup playoff berth, and he ranked tied for 11th in the AHL in goals against. So Allen took over the Caps' penalty kill this season after former assistant coach Scott Arneal decided to return home to Winnipeg last offseason. Arneal ran a top 10 penalty kill with the Caps, but Allen has actually improved the unit's performance all while dealing with a wide range of injuries. Um, for whatever reason, I just knee-jerk reaction. I don't feel like Scott Allen is the guy for that job. Uh, well, could he possibly be a good candidate for it? Perhaps, but I just don't ultimately think that's the case. One of the guys that's most intriguing to me is Jeff Halpern. We remember Jeff Halpern uh, playing on this team, um, you know, for many years, and he's subsequently gone on and moved on to Tampa Bay and been involved in their success. Jeff Halpern is a fan favorite for many older Caps fans. The native of Potomac, Maryland, spent parts of seven seasons with the Caps before departing for the final time following the 11-12 season. Halpern was most recently served as the assistant coach in Tampa Bay, uh, beginning as a development coach with Syracuse during the 15-16 season before moving to Tampa prior to 18-19 and has attained cup-winning experience with while serving as an assistant coach with the Lightning. So if you're asking me, knee-jerk reaction, Dan, you have to make a decision of those three coaches that I just listed as candidates. If it's Jeff Halpern, if it's Scott Allen, or if it's Spencer Carberry, I am going to go with Jeff Halpern. I just, from what I've seen of him, I think that he would do a really good job. Um, my second uh, choice from that would be Spencer Carberry. And there's a bunch of other names listed in there as well. There's Todd Nelson. Uh, there's uh, Ryan Warofsky um, in this Nova Caps piece. But for me, I would be all in. I don't want to make a coaching change for one, but it just seems like that's the direction things are going in. So if I had to make a decision, I would probably go in that direction, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of going with Jeff Halpern. But I don't think you could you know, ultimately go wrong with Spencer Carberry either. Um, it is going to be interesting. And uh, it's just unfortunate for me, I guess, 
that uh, Peter Laviolette is being shown in this light just because he has had so many obstacles in his way. I don't think that any of the coaches that I just listed as candidates, whether it be Spencer Carberry, Allen, or Halpert, any of those guys could have done a whole lot more with this team considering the myriad of injuries facing this team, considering all the obstacles that were put in his way. Um, I ultimately do think that the ax will get put down on Peter Laviolette unfairly, but that is the nature of the beast. Do I think that he, you know, Peter Laviolette has a job waiting for him somewhere else in the NHL? Absolutely. There's a lot of teams that would love to have Peter Laviolette services. It's probably just not going to be, uh, you know, his job after that this season. You know, again, this team, you know, in general, most NHL teams or professional teams don't have, a, you know, a big appetite for losing or they don't stomach it well. So I do think you'll see changes and maybe more changes to come. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. You know, you get hired to get fired. Uh, and it's just for me a bit unfortunate uh, for Peter Laviolette. All right. So after the break here, we're going to talk about the future of Anthony Mantha on this team. And has Rasmus Sandin lived up to his potential? We'll talk about them after the break. Right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what to do with Anthony Mantha? We know his choke moment where he coughed up the puck to Melkin and the Caps lost that game to the Penguins and everyone was screaming to the, the ceiling, why? Why, Anthony Mantha, did you do this? You know, this is a guy that's been scratched, been in and out of the lineup, and inconsistent would be an understatement. Um, it's one of the moves that we look back on when the Caps have been better to keep Jacob Verona here, Jakob Verona, if you will, um, instead of um, Anthony Mantha. You know, I think there's a bit of, you know, you could be a Monday morning quarterback and, you know, a revisionist and say, well, they should have done this and they should have done that. If you're asking me, from what I've seen, yes, the Caps would have been better off with Jacob Verona on this team than Anthony Mantha. That's not too bold of a thing to say, considering how poorly that Anthony Mantha is playing. But what to do with him, considering he still has time left on his contract? Mantha's future in D.C. already felt tenuous. Then he committed the turnover that led directly to Malkin's goal, handing the Pens a victory in a game the Caps absolutely had to have. One mistake should not define a player's season or, for that matter, determine his future with a team, but that play at the moment might be hard for some people to get over, especially given Mantha's body of work this season. In 64 games, Mantha has 11 goals, including just two in 2023. Laviolette also scratched him a number of times in an effort to extract more from the big winger. So what's next? Um, Tarek Elbashir says, as I wrote in the most recent Caps mailbag, if it feels like Laviolette's future in Washington could have been had some bearing on what happens with Mantha, i.e. maybe management believes Mantha could get back on track under a different coach, I also mentioned, I don't think we've reached bio territory with Mantha, who carries a cap hit of 5.7 mil next season, the final year of his four-year $22.8 million contract he signed with Detroit in 2020. The Caps historically do their best to avoid dead money situations, but if they had to go in that direction, Mantha's dead uh, money cap hit would be 1.367 mil next season and 2.167 mil in the following Um and, you know, for me, is could they possibly get more from Anthony Mantha with a different head coach? 
I probably not, you know, just from what I've seen out there, I don't think that, you know, any coach is going to be able to squeeze more juice out of that orange that is Anthony Mantha. I think that, you know, he's hot and cold. He can go, you know, uh, on streaks, you know, even being on the caps where he'll score goals in multiple games and everyone's like, you know, pumping their fists. Anthony Mantha's great. And then he'll totally dry up just kind of like Evgeny Kuznetsov. So, it's their belief that maybe a different head coach could get more out of Anthony Mantha. Maybe. I'll give you a maybe, but I'm not saying, I'm not really buying what you're selling there. Ultimately, I think that Anthony Mantha's days in Washington are done. The hard part is moving him, right? Because he has been a healthy scratch. He has not played that well. Who is ultimately going to want him? I think it's going to be similar to a Craig Smith situation where they're like, if you want this player from the Caps, then you're going to have to take Anthony Mantha's contract with you. And that's just the way that it's going to be. So I ultimately do think the Caps will do their level best to try to move Anthony Mantha in the offseason. And then the other thing is Rasmus Sandin. When he first came here, everyone was drunk on Rasmus Sandin and how great he was playing and he was the second coming of God and all this stuff. And I was too. I thought that he was just a really uh, a great player. He is a great player. You know, he has some good offensive upside, but he also has shown some questionable defense out there as well. He is a defenseman at the end of the day, so that should be one of his strong suits. Just days after Sandine was acquired from Toronto, McClellan told reporters he expected the 23-year-old to be a top four defenseman for years to come. Then Sandine got off to a record-setting start points-wise for in D.C., highlighting expectations above the potential fit and impact. His play since, however, has suggested he's perhaps more of a work in progress in those first few contacts, contests. It suggested, in fact, during a four-game stretch earlier this month, he posted a rating of minus two, minus three, minus four, and minus two. The team was struggling at the time, and he was averaging 24.50 of ice time per game, a bigger role than he'll be asked to fill next season. He's also settling into a new system midseason. Still, it begs the question, given Sandine's youth and pressure on the organization to ring the last drop out of the Ovi era, might McClellan be inclined to bring in a veteran, either via trade or free agency, on short-term deal to shore up the top two pairs? I think that's more the case. This story in The Athletic, they talk about it. I think that, you know, when he first came here, he showed a lot of offensive flair. But he, like I said, he has shown some questionable defense posture out there, coughing up the puck, which has led to scoring opportunities. You are a defenseman by title. The fact that you can score goals is great, but at the end of the day, your title on the team is defenseman, and that is one should be your strongest suit, even above scoring goals. And I know that's a funny thing to say. It, he should be sound defensively, and I don't want to say that he's not, but, you know, maybe we're starting to see a little bit what Toronto saw in him, that, you know, he is good, but he's still got to work on his craft a little bit. Should they ultimately try to bring in a more veteran presence on defense to work with Carlson? Um, perhaps, because, you know, one of the things that I talked about that's concerning for me is that, you know, we talked about on the show for the longest time that John Carlson was the only guy under contract, but then they got Rasmus Sandin, TVR got a new deal, Jensen got a new deal. So, you know, uh, the defense is kind of pretty solidified. I mean, Matt Irwin, um, Faravari, and excuse me, Faravari and Alexi have a restricted free agent. So the blue line is pretty well set in place. So that's a tough thing. The Caps have struggled as of late defensively, but this appears to me, as of right now, as we record this, 
this is going to be the def- the defense going into next year. How is it going to be that much better between now and next year? Unless they make some big moves, they pick up a big defenseman similar to a John Carlson to help solidify that blue line. Because if it's struggling now, you know, I guess you could say if they have a different head coach that it could potentially theoretically be better. But maybe, we don't know that, it's going to be the same players unless a big trade takes place. So there's a lot of questions for me. That's why I was a little bit unsure. Uh, I know that TVR and Jensen have played pretty well, but is pretty well enough. Uh, They need elite-level players out there. You take a look at Boston. Do they have a lot of guys on the blue line that are okay, or are they pretty much all really great defensemen? They're all pretty great defensemen, and that's what you're going to need to do and have on your team to compete for a Stanley Cup. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, is winning Stanley Cups. And the Caps are not going to be able to do that with meh defensemen. They need great defensemen. They need scoring wingers out there that can score goals on a consistent basis. Alex Ovechkin cannot do it all. We've seen, you know, great contributions from Dylan Strome. And, you know, in previous seasons, we've seen it from Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson, the top goal scorers on the team in previous years. Not the case this year. And I understand Tom Wilson missed a lot of time, but, you know, that's rather here nor there. They need scoring and they need defense. This isn't saying anything novel. This is all common sense stuff if they want to compete at the highest level. There is some news as we close out the show here as well. Injury updates from the Caps. Milano upper body did not skate but is improving. Smith lower body left practice after 10 minutes and Ovechkin did not practice due to it being a maintenance day. A maintenance day. Let's hope all that's all it is. The last time he took a maintenance day, he missed a game after that because he was injured Let's just hope that's the case. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when you're done watching this show or watching this podcast, make sure, and when if you're listening to this, go over to your favorite podcatcher, go to Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, hit that subscribe button. Then when you're done, go over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button and see if we can get up to 500 subscribers. If we do, I have you guys to thank, and I'm ever so grateful. All right, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.